Hailing Frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I am totally lost at this point, and I'm hoping that my guests can help me figure out what's going on on this show. Uh, getting to those guests, joining me on the show as usual is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back. Thank you. Ella. Ella. Yeah. <laughs> How's your schoolwork going? <laughs> um... I am. You're representing about, us over there, USA. I really am. Oh God! <laughs> it's the fun thing about going to school here is that I you do nothing for like three months and then everything is due like within two weeks. <laughs> so I have um, I've written um, two thousand words. Yeah. I have. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can do math in the middle of the night. Um, 6,000 more words to write, but they're different assignments, so it's broken up. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad, uh, but thank you for <laughs> representing us over there. Uh, also joining us is someone else. Uh, she's joining us once again on Discoverage. It's Mo from Sound of Cosplay. Mo is an Aust Austrian cosplayer, and her article detailing the creation of her Paul Stamets cosplay was featured recently on StarTrek.com. You can find her creations on Instagram at Sound of Cosplay. Mo, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me again. It's great to have you here. Um, you just tweeted recently today a pic of something that you're working on. Can you tell us what that is? It looked interesting. Yes, it's the spacesuit, environmental suit, the new fancy outfits they have this season, and I love them so much. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, okay. This is, um, there were a lot of comments uh, recently, I'm not sure if this is the same suit, but everybody seemed to like the way that Spock looked in his suit. So is this that same, <laughs> the same suit? I'm not sure. I'm... It's, if the butt is really tight, it's the same suit. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what that I was getting suit. at. There. It's exactly that. Suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, how long does something like that take to make? Usually, it's it really um, depends. Usually, it's about like two months because I have to like spread it out with schoolwork and other stuff in my life. Sure. But right now, it's going really quickly like i've worked on it two days and it's already really starting to come together sure and i'm having a lot of fun making it because it's a completely new uh, material i'm working with i haven't worked with before mm -hmm. so that's a lot of fun <laughs> and the, the quote-unquote hard parts of the suit are those like foam rubber or what goes into making those parts Yes, that's foam. It's called EVA foam. Okay. It's a really high density, but really soft foam. Sure. That's interesting. Um, gosh, I wish I was good at that. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how long have you been doing this? How, how long do I have to look forward to uh, before I can get as good as you? Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I've started in like, or like three years ago, four years ago, but also I was always like the 
kids that just glued stuff together. <laughs> sure. So it's like I started out in my childhood just like with Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I used to love dressing up as a kid, uh, like for Halloween and stuff. But my mom uh, was uh, always sewing costumes for me. So it looks like I've got a way to go. But <laughs> but I love uh, the things that you do. Um, I know that you and Ella uh, met at uh, Destination Star Trek. Have you seen the list of guests so far for this year's Destination Star Trek? Um, I, I think if Sorry. <laughs> Has anybody? I know. I, was, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I uh, have. Um, Anson Mount is coming. Anson Mount. Um, that's right. Yeah. <gasps> Anson Mount's going to be there. Be... <laughs> uh, looks like Ethan Peck's going to be there. Here's some other names yes. for you. Uh, Michelle Forbes, David Warner, uh, Susie Plaxon. Mariana Hill is going to be there. Mariana Hill is an actress who was in my favorite episode of Star Trek, the original series, Dagger of the Mind. Uh, so I don't know. Um you can, so I could probably fit in the wheel well of a jet, right? If I had like oxygen, or like, a thick <laughs> coat, like somebody's done that before. I right? remember that kid did that. So anyway, that's my plan to get to Destination Star Trek. Mo, are you going to be at Destination Star Trek in England this year? Yes, definitely. Amazing. That's great. Uh, I had another question for you. I know that you have uh, more than one fandom and we are close. Uh, let's see. We're about a month away from the release of Avengers Endgame. And people who don't live in America get to see it on the 24th. Uh, Americans get to see it on the 26th, or I guess on the 25th if they go late at night. Are you looking forward to Avengers Endgame? Yes. Um, I mean, I didn't like Avengers Infinity War as much as I would have expected to like it. So I'm kind of wary of what is coming, but I'm really <laughs> okay. excited right. for it. <laughs> And I know Ella's excited for it. I'm really excited. I'm going to cry so much. <laughs> <laughs> now, a bunch of posters just came out for the movie uh, featuring both the heroes that we know are going to be in the movie who are alive and the heroes who have uh, passed on. And there was a surprise in the fandom because one of those posters features Loki in black and white. And it was presumed that he was dead for good because he didn't die. Of course, when the snap happened, he died before that. But people are thinking maybe he's not dead or maybe he will be one of the heroes that hopefully comes back when they re undo whatever happened. I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> That's prudent. It's very prudent of you. Oh. <laughs> People love mashing things together. I wonder if, if anybody's done a uh, zombie Loki cosplay. I would be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I think someone has. Yeah. Um, Far Syndrome, I think they had like a Loki cosplay with like the blood and the neck brace, which was hilarious. No! Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool, but why is that girl crying? She seems really sad about this. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us again, Mo. Tonight, uh, we're going to talk about this latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. But first, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about news a little bit. Uh, there isn't a ton of news out right now about Star Trek, but we are hearing a little more about what will be happening at the end of this season and where we're going for the next season. Uh, Alex Kurtzman, of course, the uh, Star Trek czar, was talking on a panel at Paley Fest in Los Angeles. And he's been very cagey, as you would expect that he would, and he, and he should be. But he's talked specifically to uh, to fans' concerns about syncing up with canon, and he said that the uh, this episode, this or sorry, this season will will sync up with canon. It won't be exactly what you expect, 
um, but it will add a new dimension on the story that you think you know. So I guess my question to you guys is, what do you think that might be? What shape do you think that might take? I mean, we know that Pike will be returning to the Enterprise um, at the end of this season, and we know, of course, Pike's fate in the future. But what do you think that this, uh, this twist is that uh, we'll supposedly get on what we know? I guess I'm not clear on the timeline. Are we, we're 10 years before the original series now? Um, a pre, yeah, I think it's eight or nine years. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. I said that like I was going to have something smart to say afterwards, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's around 10 years. Yeah. And then I think um, Pike's, <laughs> uh, his accident, as it were, happens um, very, very close to, um, the beginning of uh, TOS, maybe like a few months or a year before. Do we think that we're going to, like how many, we we hit the ninth season of Disco and. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pike runs into a flurkin and you'd never believe that. Uh, that's why he's in that chair. Oh boy. Uh, so anyway, I just, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I've, I've had my, uh, problems with Alice Kurtzman in the past. I think that if there's one thing that he does do well, it is being diplomatic about this kind of stuff. Uh, not everybody can be a total, um, Zen Buddha the way like a Kevin Feige is, for instance, um, it's tough to deal with the weight of audiences' expectations and their, you know, their criticisms of stuff. And I think he's handled that really well. And so this little, I just this little hint that he's dropped. I'm just kind of wondering, with what we've seen of the way they've dealt with sort of canon issues previously, I just kind of wonder what shape that'll take. But I think that they've done a pretty good job so far. Um, I thought, did I miss something? We were promised. Uh, some male scants this season, weren't we? And I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Where are those? I've got my eyes freaking peeled, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're nowhere. <laughs> Mo, would you ever design and wear a, a scant costume either for a male or female cosplay? Yes, for sure. I'm so waiting for those. <laughs> <laughs> I have to confess that I did go, I did search up a pattern for one, and um, I sew a little bit, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I could do that. Yeah, do, do it, do it. <laughs> okay, all right, I've got you guys' votes. So we'll see uh, if I can pull that off. Uh, well, let, let's get into it. Uh, we're uh, here tonight to talk about the 11th episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Perpetual Infinity. And we're here to break it down for you. Before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners, so be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Perpetual Infinity is... Burnham receives the reunion she's been longing for, but it doesn't go quite as she imagined. Giorgio and Tyler sense a disturbing change in Leland. This episode was written by Alan McElroy and Brandon Schultz. McElroy previously wrote an obol for Karen this season, and he also wrote the films Spawn, Wrong Turn, and Ballistic X vs. Sever. Brandon Schultz has served as a writer's assistant on Discovery for seasons one and two. And this is interesting, his, his father was uh, Michael Schultz who was a prolific director of films like Cooley High and Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, which Brandon appeared in as a child. Before his involvement with Trek, he co-founded Street Legends, Inc., an animation and design studio, and is currently working on a reboot of his father's film Crush Groove about the early days of Def Jam Records. 
episode was directed by Maya Vervillo. Maya got her start in Hollywood as an editor on shows like Cold Case and the Hawaii Five-O reboot. She's also directed episodes of Hawaii Five-O and various other series, and she previously directed the short trek Runaway for Discovery. So before we get into uh, the main body of the episode tonight, I was wondering about you guys' opinion about where we have come uh, so far uh, in this season. And as I mentioned at the beginning... At this point, I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or I'm taking too many notes and not listening, but I am completely lost. <laughs> I have no idea who's got what, and there's a sphere, and we were in time or we're not in time, or it's 950 <laughs> yeah. years, or it's something else. <laughs> so uh, one or the both of you, can you guys give me a basic summary of what has happened up to this point and where we are? Mo. Well. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's very confusing. I mean, there's so much going on. And there's definitely things that we, we don't know yet. I, I get that part. Yes. But like, there's the sphere. But the sphere is kind of a person or not. <laughs> or it's intelligent <laughs> right. or something like that. And then there's Leland and Section 31 and so much going on. Yeah. I, I am too confused. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That makes two of us. The sphere was. So know, oh, so go ahead, please. We know that. Sorry, I'm I'm not clear on what control even is at this point, but we know that it is operating Leland, or did Leland get destroyed because they were like, oh, it, he downloaded fifty four percent, and that's bad, but it's gonna be okay. But didn't they blow up the planet he was on? So is he. But he, they detected he a transporter, yeah, uh, yes, uh, signal. So okay. he presumably uh, got to his ship. Okay. So nuking it from orbit is not the only way to be sure. <laughs> yeah, I just think that it's so. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with. You know, it's fine now that we're doing. Now that Star Trek is doing this serialized storytelling, it's not all going to be wrapped up. You know, by the uh, end credits. And we all just say, oh, there'll be no trouble at all. And then we just fly off to the next thing. Um, but I find that I am losing elements <laughs> of the plot. And I'm not sure if it's because that I'm not paying attention or they're not uh, or they're being um, underexplained or just int introduced, uh, you know, uh, just offhand. And the biggest mystery for me is uh, this sphere. Like we see in Star Trek all the time, you know, our heroes are run into some object some artifact that is you know a catalog of a um, ancient aliens uh, race's knowledge or something like that and that seems to be what we have but this thing has got all this information about ai and it seems to be very important it's very important to um, control's plan to become a more powerful ai but then we get the um, bombshell drop that apparently dr burnham um gabrielle's uh, um, burnham's mother uh, has like put this somehow put this sphere in the path of discovery. Like it just was maybe doing its own thing, but she sort of nudged it in their direction so that they would get their hands on this data. Like, is that, is that what I'm supposed to get from this episode? She wanted, she wanted them to be able to destroy it. Right. So she was like, she, she dumped it in their lap. <laughs> right. And, and it, yeah, it was so destroyed, but did she, did she plan on them you know, basically copying that data because that basically just, you know, that negates the fact that it was destroyed. 
I think I, she I, like I relied on them keeping the data from Section 31 for some reason, mm -hmm. like or that they would be the least likely to give it to Section 31. Interesting. And do, do you think then that she was relying on her, like her daughter's involvement, like her daughter's capability and doggedness? Because it just seems like in all of her dialogue, there is this real um, inevitability that she talks about, you know, how like, I've seen you die hundreds of times, you're going to die hundreds of more times. You, you see where Burnham gets her sort of stubbornness from, and that's a line in the episode, <laughs> in that you know, Dr. Burnham feels like, I, I can fix this. Okay, look, I've got a time travel suit. Just let me do this thing. And they're like, no, we're trying to help you. And so I wonder if if she's just, you know, 780 logs or whatever, 783 logs or 841 logs or whatever it is. Like, is she totally lost? Does she have any idea what she's doing anymore? <laughs> like, does she does she really need our hero's help or should should our heroes i got the impression from these two episodes like last week's episode and this week's episode kind of feel like you know a part one and a part two and i'm not i don't know what we accomplished like it seems like we just kind of got in the way of the real hero who is the red angel uh and if we had just left her alone maybe leland wouldn't ended up with 54 percent of um of the data which you know star trek this is a great opportunity to have it be 47 percent of the data but whatever we'll give them that <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, are, should our characters have just stayed out of this? If she has been bouncing around this much, I <laughs> why hasn't she figured it out? What is Disco going to be able to do that she can't, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, from their perspective, it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense because they... Yeah, what Ella said, what are they supposed to do? But from what we know now, she seems pretty like, she's like Burnham, as you said. Yeah. She, and she's probably also pretty confused and trying to solve this on her own. So, like, now it makes sense. But from the things we knew before this episode, it was really like, yeah, what were they supposed to do? Yeah, and they make a point of the fact, like, why couldn't she have encountered the sphere herself and they make a point that the suit has like unlimited data storage so she could like take the data and then just go to the future or whatever um maybe she didn't have a way to interface with it you know linguistically because that was sort of what they did in that uh, in that one episode but yeah it's just i i know they have a plan because they're not just building this up uh, piecemeal like this was the plan the entire time but I don't see it all yet and it's it's frustrating to me I, I think another big uh, revelation in this episode um, assuming that Dr. Burnham isn't lying is that she doesn't know what the signals are so I guess we can bring that question back like what are the signals who's who's doing them? that part tripped me out I was yeah. I I mean like what are you even talking this been the whole thing I'll see this <laughs> yeah <laughs> what you, do we do you now know what they are come on yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, she could have been lying. She could have been, yeah. Um, but yeah, boy, I don't know. Uh, you guys have heard the um, theory, of course, or, or I don't know, maybe not. Um, there's a theory that Burnham will get her hands on the suit somehow, and so yes, you know, this this version of the angel at this point it is Burnham's mother, but Burnham, you know, will become the angel later on in kind of a bootstrap paradox situation. That would be smart. You know, because that, that 
beyond the like mother daughter mitochondrial whatever is very similar they're like she's like Mm. it's like a passing down of the suit who said that last week (laughs) (laughs) you guys look i don't know what you were looking like but you guys were like what i was like come on mitochondrial dna i've watched star trek i know (laughs) works i know how this works uh let's talk about what is going on with leland um what do you think do you think that, okay, let me just cut down to brass tacks here. Is are we seeing the birth of the Borg? Is that what's happening? Seems pretty Borgy. I hadn't Maybe. even thought about that. Yeah. I was like instantly when it happened, like that looks very Borg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also the like how it um changed his body and how they later made yeah. it look like it looked very not Borg again. Mm. So Maybe not. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're an AI like a computer program, and you're gonna take over a dude's body, uh, nanites is gonna be the way that you do it, right? So you're gonna have that in common no matter what. But the sort of like veiny thing, you know, they had on his hand and his face just seemed like what we see in First Contact, like the way that you know Borg start assimilating uh, humans and stuff, and so. They're either just working off of something that's very similar or they're definitely trying to drop us some hints. And I'm not sure which one it is. I guess I kind of thought the Borg came from like really far away. The but Borg? I don't know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought that. But of course, we have a ship that can easily reach the Delta Quadrant. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's... they grab Leland, they spore drive out to the Delta Quadrant, just drop him <laughs> off. You're like, that's fine. You don't have to worry about that anymore. They're like, it's done. It's over. Yep. That ain't going to be a problem. <laughs> that won't come back to bite us in the butt later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And if it does, we'll have uh, Guinan to make Kung Fu poses at him and uh, at the <laughs> and yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, let's talk about uh, the future. Uh, and of course, in this episode, uh, Dr. Burnham specifically mentions that she jumps 950 years in the future. There is a Star Trek short trek called Calypso in which we meet the discovery at a point that is said, I think, to be around a thousand years in the future. I can't imagine that that's a coincidence. No, and we still don't know, like, if any of the short treks, not any of them, obviously the Tilly one kind of fits in. But if the other ones are going to fit into the season, right? Because they didn't really do anything with them. Yeah, yeah. I saw a tweet from a former guest on the show, uh, Keith DeCandido, who I think he was just playing around, but he basically was saying, look, um, it's easy. All we need is like we need to recrystallize dilithium to generate a power source and we're going to need like an AI to do this. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we've got uh, we need a people that look like robots or something like or robots that look like people. And I'm not sure how the Kelpian fits in, but his theory is that we were given these kind of puzzle pieces that were, we didn't know that there was a puzzle yet, but now we um, should be able to sort these things out and fit them in somehow. Only Keith could put that together. Yeah, well, he would. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been keeping my eye on that, but I'm, I'm not sure yet. I mean, if you say uh, Control decided that, it, you know, humans were too unpredictable um, their flesh was too weak. Although Leland takes quite a few blasts, and he's just fine in this <laughs> episode. And so it decides to switch to something mechanical. Uh, maybe he gets his hands, or control that is, gets its hands on um, muds, robots, or something like that. And who knows what might happen? Oh wow! 
that's a cool theory. Yeah, where, what's that the, would be crazy. What's the status of the Soon family right now? Where is it? Uh, which which <laughs> Soon are we on? Because um, maybe we're seeing, uh, you know, the birth of some of the technology that will lead to data. This is all speculation. It's the kind of speculation that Star Trek fans love to do. So, um, what else? What else? What else happens in this episode? Were you guys uh, disappointed? To I wanted to kind of see. Like, we're told that there are over 800 logs, and we see a couple of them. I almost wanted an entire episode that was just from Dr. Burnham's point of view. Um, maybe we'll get a short track or something like that, where we see her trying and failing. We learn that she has been able to watch Burnham, you know, uh, go through her life, and so she's aware of everything that's happened to Burnham. She seems to know about Giorgio. She seems to know about the fate of Pike. So she has been around this old galaxy of ours at least a certain period of time and so i wanted to see you know instances of her going like log 347 i'm going to try to do this and this and just watch that not work and does that just lead to that timeline ending up being controlled you know or destroyed by control um i kind of want to see more of that like that was the fact that they rushed past that was a little frustrating for me yeah that's a really i hadn't even thought about that but yeah i want that episode because I, mean, I want to understand be, her. It would be interesting, but also frustrating because we know how it ends every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wonder about the lengths that she uh, is going to to sort of stop this thing because it seems like um, it seems she seems really intense. She seems like she's tried and done a lot of things, and I wonder if she has to worry about how her actions will affect the future or if. You know, if she makes some change, like, is that the world that we... Because we see that just in, like, in the films, Spock does this one thing. He tries to stop Romulus from blowing up, and he ends up in a completely different timeline where the mm-hmm. guy from Chips' kid is Captain Kirk. So, like, <laughs> I'm just wondering if they are leading to some kind... I mean, with timelines at this point, I think the fans would go crazy and riot if, you know, we said that this was some different timeline. But the fact that she is affecting and and playing with time and trying to change time i wonder how that's going to finally resolve by the end of the season Uh, i like the fact that saru uh was immediately against deleting the data he's like i I did all this work to get the data (laughs) like (laughs) my ganglia fell out and everything like and you guys want to delete it and then of course he's you know he's a good officer so he's like okay i guess we're gonna delete it I'm thinking that she's either lying about the red signals, going back to Dr. Burnham. She's either lying about the red signals or it's just some weird time thing where she's like on a different level of not consciousness, but like knowledge slash reality. Okay. Interesting. You know, Mm -hmm. so she kind of knows what's going on because her whole thing with like, I saw everything. I saw you. I saw your graduation. It's like, um, how though? (laughs) <laughs> like so um i don't know i guess we just need to hear more from her yeah don't you remember burnham when you were getting your diploma on that huge red uh anomaly <laughs> <in the> sky? <laughs> people wonder what that was uh yeah that was uh that was strange um do you guys think that if the data ends up uh in disco's computer i guess it's already there do you think that that is why disco becomes self-aware um 
eventually in the short trek calypso oh yeah that's what i i thought of because it's very like it sounds very unlikely that a normal computer like a the computers we know from the mm. ships would just become self-conscious and like persons so something to start that would have to happen i think sure. and that would fit <laughs> with many with many things that are appearing in this episode or in the season yeah you couldn't just leave a tricorder on a desk for a thousand years and it becomes Mr. Tricorder. Like you're going to <laughs> add a little something extra. Yeah. Uh, another thing about like the Red Angel and her sort of interferences is, and just like what timeline are we in is, does she, is it when she goes spying on Burnham's life after she leaves it that she sees something like Burnham gets chased through the woods by uh, a spider thing and so because burnham doesn't you know die before right or or did burnham die like before in the original timeline and then she goes and goes whoa my kid got killed by a spider thing i better go back and change that like how much has she that been one, manipulating things? yeah like can she just does she just know when everything is going to happen does she like she's got like a spidey sense for when michael's <laughs> in danger but like yeah. how when would it go off if she's in the future Slash bouncing all over the place. Yeah, it sounded very much. It sounded no, very much like she was just like creating a universe, like a new parallel universe every time because she changes so much. And like the thing that she heard, saw Michael die so often, it sounded like. Well, she died in this universe. Better jump back and save her, and that would be a new universe because actually she died. Right, right. Oh, they forgot my fries at the drive-through. Better jump back in time and <laughs> get fries in there. Um, it, it feels like it, it reminds me of Groundhog Day, only instead of like one day, yes. it's like all of our timeline. Yes. Like she just keeps like, oh, I gotta save that kid coming out of the tree. I gotta learn to play the piano, but it's just like stretched over like a thousand years. I thought that it was very interesting for them to use a Hamlet quote in this episode uh, where uh, I love that. Yeah, because it was, you know, uh, who was it? Somebody quotes Hamlet. Uh, Spock quotes Hamlet to her. It's Spock, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not sure about the implications of that. Like, does does Spock remember <laughs> that uh, that Hamlet uh, kills his step parent? And talk to the ghost of his other parent. Like it, it seems like a very <laughs> ominous quote for a woman about to go see her long lost mother. Which but also, also did, sorry, did Michael? Am I hearing things? Or after he said that, did Michael go Hamlet? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah she's like, Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's how I feel about. I literally uh, backed it up. I backed it up to watch it again. Like, <laughs> What's happening? Uh, so it, it, every week, my opinion of Leland is cha challenged, and now it's sort of taken out of my hands because after he got stabbed in the eye, he's just bad. Like whether he wants to be or not, he's bad now. So I guess I was originally right <laughs> that he was a, a bad guy, even <laughs> though he doesn't seem to be a willing one. But I like the fact that he is able to play on. Or at least initially on Giorgio's pride and and his uh, her her greed, you know, his her desire to even though she pretends that she doesn't care, she does feel like a mother figure to this universe's Burnham, and so he's like, 
oh, she's got her, she's got her real mom now. She doesn't need you anymore. <laughs> and that's sort of like what at least initially motivates uh, Giorgio to be like, all right, let me get involved in this thing. <laughs> I love her like begrudgingly being like, yeah, I guess I care about something <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> yeah. in my universe anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we have, of course, uh, a face off between the two uh, mother figures and I have a question, and this has been something that has been persistent in Discovery. Why do all secret devices in this universe have flashing lights and beeping sounds? <laughs> like if you're going <laughs> yes. to stick a secret uh, data uh, siphon on something, uh, go with the Tony Stark one. Just, you know, no lights. It's just quiet. just sits there. <laughs> but everything is uh, beeping and flashing. And somebody, you know, Stamets or somebody's like, what's, what's this? Is this? This is a thing. It's because there's already so many flashing lights yes. on every <laughs> control surface that one if it more didn't have a lens in. flare. People would be yeah, like, "What is exactly, this?" Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there's a great uh, and intense uh, encounter, of course, between Burnham and her mother in this episode, um, and it's uh, it's great acting. It's great intense acting by um, both by both actors in this scene. Um, if her okay so her mom has watched her she's the guardian angel of this thing <laughs> i guess we don't know what the signals are so this still the outlier for me is why the church why did she say the church full of people i still don't understand that really bothers you <laughs> it was a nice thing to do but it's gonna have to come back somehow will it <laughs> maybe not you don't think that, uh, boy, I don't, I don't even know. I did, I did, I did like that. Uh, it seems like as the uh, resident Klingon, Tyler has kind of inherited the wharf mantle, uh, in this episode in that, uh, he encounters like a supreme physical being and just gets his ass handed to him like in a fight. <laughs> okay. Also that made me like, I felt so guilty about, um, what I said last week about Ash. I was so mad <laughs> last week about Ash and Michael kissing. And then this episode, I was like, oh, no, wait. Like, I was like, this is my fault. Uh, boy, yeah. But uh, he will hopefully be, a, I mean, he can get, you get stabbed. That's not a problem, right? Yeah, I was like, wait, is he going to die? But then, like, oh, it's Star Trek. They're just going to heal him within, like, two minutes. Right, yeah, right. (laughs) And I'm assuming uh, being changed or altered to be more human means that he doesn't have the, um, you know, the organ redundancies and all the defenses that Klingons have. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be okay. Uh, Anything else before we talk about what's going to come up next week? Uh, Anything else that you guys want to talk about? I just really love Ethan Peck as Spock. I think he's doing such a great job. And I think that he has like just enough resemblance um, to, in his acting, I mean, to Leonard Nimoy as Spock for, and in his like voice for him to be recognizable as Spock, but a much younger, like he's so different. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I love watching him on screen. Spock has yeah. always been my favorite character. I can talk about <laughs> He does such a great job. It's it's so cool. I mean, I always thought it was just me listening to um, English voices sounding the same. But I really think <laughs> it sounds like Leonard Nimoy. And that's so cool. 
yeah, he's, I'm really amazed by his delivery every time and his voice. Yeah, he has been pretty consistently great. And I should mention that it was uh, Leonard Nimoy's birthday this week and, of course, DC Fontana's yeah. birthday this week as well, uh, the writer who did a lot to develop the character of Spock. So happy birthday to both of them. Uh, okay, let's talk about what we saw on the teaser uh, in our forward-looking segment where we look at what's coming up on the show. At this point, in all of our questions that we've had previously – uh, what are the lights? Who's the angel? How is Spock involved? We're down to what are the lights at this point? <laughs> we pretty much know who the <laughs> angel is, or at least we think we do. Uh, we know how Spock was involved. And again, they hit um, they hit again in this episode the idea that um, being unique and intelligent and also being specifically having this um, like Tarai is, you know, what made him the perfect sort of receptacle for figuring out this time brain thing. So we see in the preview that they mention uh, they're going to a planet. Uh, the planet is called uh, Borath or Boreth. And we know from past TNG episodes that that is a um, there's a Klingon monastery there that Worf goes to in the episode Rightful Heir. And he has um, trying to have a vision of Kalis. I forgot about that. You guys remember that? That's the one where... Um, Basically, Kalis appears, and it turns out that it, Kalis is a uh, uh, their Kalis is a clone of the original Kalis that they're trying to sort of pawn off as being um, yeah. Kalis returned. Yeah. So I think that's a that's very, so wild. Yeah, that's a very significant uh, <laughs> reference there. Um, and of course, we've seen previously that um, Cl- uh, the Klingon um, child, who I don't even know if he has a name, but uh, Bach and Tyler's baby. Um, is is there so maybe we'll get Laurel or some Valk and Tyler <laughs> I guess that is Valk and Tyler's baby it's also Laurel's baby uh, <laughs> I that, uh, Laurel will uh, be in the next episode she was in the teaser wasn't she yeah yeah I think so I, it flashes by so yeah, fast yeah I thought that I, I was know. yeah I just thought of something weird which is not, not new at all but people were so upset <laughs> about people's hair and ears or, or whatever <laughs> I don't remember anybody saying anything about her being blue like I don't think we've ever seen a blue Klingon <laughs> really before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> blue is fine. Uh, Bald—that's not going to work, I guess. But yeah. Uh, how do you think that the Klingons will be uh, connect to all this? How can they connect to all this? Is I mean, the Klingon baby um... uh, Azora High? That's what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about Game of Thrones a lot recently. Well, what um. Like, is Ash going to go down to the monastery? And uh, what will he do there, I guess, is the question? Or, or no, that's where they left the baby? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, well, they, they said that they were sending it to a, a monastery in uh, the episode where he just bails on his kid. <laughs> I just remembered that right now. <laughs> they <laughs> baby at a monastery. Yeah, I mean, we've come a long way since the first episode of this, <laughs> since Brother. So oh, my God. You're totally uh, forgiven for having forgotten some details. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot to keep straight. Well, uh, I hope that um, something, I hope that the baby has a better future uh, uh, involved uh, for it than just becoming the albino. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? People have sort of oh, yeah. uh, people have <laughs> uh, theorized that the baby will become the albino. You know, having that pale or, or blue skin uh, certainly would help in that direction. But 
Ah, don't do that. Do something else. <laughs> well, and how many, I feel like everyone's always looking for something to connect to the other series. Yeah. And I just don't know how much the writers are actually thinking about that. You know, like when they're writing it, are they planning that far ahead? I mean, in some aspects, I'm sure they are, but I feel like in some things, maybe they're just like writing this and they're like, oh, like, haha, they think he's the albino. He's just some kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so too. Like, some things are just things they wrote because they wanted to write it because it fits in and people are just making crazy theories but that's what we're all doing so <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if it's significant that you know this season started uh, clearly with a theme of faith and uh, like religious faith um and other than just sort of faith in maybe yourself or your crewmates i don't feel like that has been reinforced in the sort of middle part of the season but this next signal is going to appear above a klingon monastery you know, we had another signal appear above this sort of multi-faith community. So I wonder if this, how are the signals related to um, faith or like religious faith, if if they indeed are. Also, I like some... Oh my God, the Ash star of Bethlehem. Oh my God, that was the first <laughs> signal. I just, okay, okay. Men are going to come in and, and if, if I'm dragged away in the next minute, that's what happened. Okay? Men took me away because I figured it out. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I totally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Sorry, that truth bomb just blew it all away. Sorry about it that. did. <laughs> We've got a little baby. Yep, that's what's happening. Okay, well, <laughs> figure it out. Shut it down. Shut it all down. This episode just left like it didn't really answer anything. No, you know, no. I mean, it just yeah. It just caused a lot of, like, now Now we just have all these questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't really know yeah. what's going on. Only yeah. more confusion. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt, to me, it felt like, this one and the last one felt like if you were in a river, like canoeing, and your canoe tipped over, and now the river is just pulling you, you know, down the river towards <laughs> some falls or some horrible end. And there's like a log or like a sandbar. There's like a spot where you stop for a little bit and you think, okay, I catch my breath. <laughs> and then the current takes you again. Like we just sort of pause for a bit. And when you've got, you know, this is originally going to be like, what, 12 episodes and they extended it to 14 or whatever it was. You have to have mm -hmm. episodes like this take a break for a while and you kind of focus on one thing. And that's fine. But that's, that's why I was asking before, like, should our... I, I like spending more time with our characters, but really, as far as the story goes and what's happening, like our characters probably shouldn't have done anything because <laughs> all they did was just <laughs> uh, hang around this uh, Essos for like two episodes and then the bad guy got some of what he wanted. But who knows? Yeah, um, I think this season, like I personally really miss those like filler episodes that were just like really chill and just here for the characters. That's like not at all <laughs> happening this season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's what is this uh Discovery's version of uh uh Luxana Troy? Like what what is the episode? <laughs> we just take a mud bath for for an hour and yeah, nothing the world doesn't end. You know? <laughs> I don't think we get that on Discovery. Not yeah, yet. Yeah, no. I know no every time for that. <laughs> every episode now is like 100% like Burnham like drama with 
the captain. Yes. And then Tilly has one funny line in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm really like waiting for Kalmets to reunite. I'm like so waiting for it and it's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, I love the fact that they find that they get Burnham's mother and they're talking about, okay, well, I guess we'll go talk to her. And Burnham's like, <gasps> like uh, Burnham, you, <laughs> yes. you have to stay here. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> but she didn't do that thing that Discovery officers always do, which is run off and, and do their own thing. She did follow orders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that is just about it. Unless you guys have something else to say about this episode, I think that we are pretty much done. I just is. there's only there's only two more episodes left in the season, right? Um, three, I believe. Yeah. Three. Yeah. I just how well, like how are they going to resolve it in three episodes? I can't imagine. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm worried that we're not going to learn everything. Like, what if we get to the, that last episode and we don't know anything about the red signals, and it's just like, oh, but we spent this whole time. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> But then uh, Giorgio can go uh, discover, you know, uh, them in her series. We'll just pass it on. You know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> It'll all be, uh, it's, all, it's all a plan. It's all works together. Well, that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTpod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. We've got a discussion group on Facebook called Enterprising Interlocutions, which you can find by searching or by going to facebook.com forward slash EISTpod. It's a group where we go into the deeper kinds of discussion and speculation that you've heard tonight. You can also tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTpod at gmail.com. Also, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show. Give us a rating and a review if you think of it because it really helps us out. Also, we've got merch. Check out our t-shirts available on our TeePublic store. Search for Just Enough Trope on TeePublic or you can go to TeePublic.com for forward slash user user excuse me forward slash just enough trope for our snazzy trek wear foam cases mugs and more and if you really want to support the show tell a friend discoverage will return on april 4th for the next episode of season two of star trek discovery that episode is titled we don't know yet the titles have not been released we do know or at least i'm fairly sure that it will be written by boyan kim and erica lippolt who, of course, are staff writers who have written many episodes of Discoverage previously and are developing the upcoming Section 31 series. In the meantime, you can check out our main show at Enterprising Individuals at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest will discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere, updates on Star Trek Discovery, and interviews with special guests. On this week's episode, I talk with Robert Evans, host of the Behind the Bastards podcast, about his work uh, as a conflict journalist and his love of Star Trek The Next Generation and how Werner Herzog thinks that Star Trek is the only thing that can save our society. You can find conversations like that, off-topic rants, DS9 and Voyager episode recaps, and more at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. Our, our most recent episode of Enterprising Individuals is available on enterprisingindividuals.com or on your podcatcher of choice. You can find Mo at Sound of Cosplay, all one word, on both Twitter and Instagram. Definitely check out her amazing cosplays. Also, you can find her article about her Stamets cosplay and how she put that together on StarTrek.com. And you can find Ella at Generations Geek 
on Twitter and also on Instagram. They've always got some good stuff there. And that's it. Thanks for listening. And we're signing off. This is Aaron for Mo and Ella saying live long and prosper. Thank you.